and welcome to Conversations with Mother Earth, brought to you by Grounded Press. My name is Dana Petrovic, and each week my guests and I explore one aspect of Mother Earth and the gifts that she gives us. We also discuss why these gifts are so precious and why we should value them. We got you curious? Good. We love curiosity. Let's begin. Last week, we dived into oneness in the context of Chinese and Arabic poetry. This week, we are going to dive into the oneness of the deep sea and rivers. And I'll be taking you to a country that also has Arabic as official language and that I fell in love with immediately, the Hashemite kingdom of Jordan. So why are rivers and oceans such an ideal topic for conversations with Mother Earth? Well, let's start with the obvious, which is oxygen production, which you and I need to survive, dear listeners. But we also have storage of carbon dioxide, which we call a carbon sink. In addition, oceans regulate the climate and also are popular destinations for our recreational activities. Linked with this are the multi-billion dollar economies of global tourism, fisheries, and transportation. But oceans are far more than that. They are full of life and they embrace our beautiful planet. I can still vividly remember my father encouraging me as a little girl to dip my hand into the Adriatic Sea so I could connect to the whole world. My guest today is His Excellency Yassin Hayat Kayat, who had to make numerous decisions about the environment. In his role as the Minister of Environment for the Kingdom of Jordan, he had to walk the tightrope between supporting aquatic tourism and commerce while at the same time protecting Jordan's delicate ecosystems. Yassin and I worked together in the past and uh, he's also passionate about the circular economy. His powerful speech, one dead sea is enough has resonated with me ever since. The list of his contributions to the protection of the environment is extremely long and spans decades. Today, Yassin is Director of Environmental Affairs at the Royal Hashemite Court. Yassin, a very warm welcome to Conversations with Mother Earth. Well, thank you. Thank you, Gordana, for, for having me uh, on your program today. Uh, it's always uh, nice to, uh, to be with you both in person and virtually as well. <laughs> um, I want to congratulate you on the timing uh, of this uh, uh, conversation with Mother Earth, because as we all know, um, 2021 uh, has been uh, designated by the United Nations as the year of nature. Uh, this was delayed uh, from uh, 2020 due to COVID-19, uh, of course. 
and uh, of course not to mention some of the the timing uh, regarding the timing that there are uh, uh, some major major um, international events addressing biodiversity in China this month and also in Glasgow next month where the climate change um, uh, conference is, is happening. So really uh, it's an opportune time uh, to, uh, to, uh, to, 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 to chart a course for uh, protecting biodiversity everywhere and slowing uh, the, the climate uh, breakdown over the next uh, over the next decade. That's correct. A lot, a lot, a lot is happening at the moment, and I think uh, it's important work that is happening. And important, important decisions are being made you know, about the understanding of world around us. Of course, I mean there's a lot going on, um, uh, you know, with, with the, the United Nations Environment Program as a whole. Uh, a lot of initiatives in place and uh, a lot of activities as well. And um, it's all pouring in the same direction, of course, and that is protecting the environment, the ecosystem. Yes. And, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, so looking back, Yasin, it's your role as a Minister of Environment in Jordan. Tell my listeners, what is that a Minister of Environment does? What is the job of a Minister of Environment? <laughs> <laughs> it's a big job for sure, uh, Gordana. Um, of course, um, the, you know, the, the minister's job is to, uh, to implement the, the, the law. He's responsible for following up on the implementation of the environmental legislation in the country, in addition to other, of course, uh, national laws that are in place. And being a member of the cabinet, of course, is responsible um, it reports back to the prime minister himself. Uh, so, so he's responsible for answering to parliament uh, with regard to any cases that they may bring up, uh, you know, uh, to do with the environmental, any environmental issue there is. And uh, aside from that, uh, there's the day-to-day the -day, uh, follow-up, of course. And I did mention the, uh, that he's responsible for the implementation of the environmental legislation of the country. Yeah, definitely. So uh, it's a, uh, and, 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 and the most important is also that uh, the Ministry of Environment is the focal point for all the international conventions. So we, we follow up very closely on all the conventions that we are party to. And there are about, there are quite few of them actually. Now, maybe I think there, I remember there were 16 of them, uh, aside from the major ones, the climate change, biodiversity, um, and so on and so forth. So, so it's, a, it's a tough job and um, it requires a lot of uh, you know, <laughs> attention and uh, persistence for sure. Yeah, of course, of course, it's not, any, it's not easy. What were the, some of the toughest decisions you had to make when you look back? Well, there are quite a few of them. <laughs> um, well, going back, I recall uh, some of the uh, so the local challenges uh, we are facing in Jordan, uh, such as waste management uh, issues, uh, littering, uh, plastic pollution, uh, and scarcity of water, and, 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 and others, of course. Um, the one that uh, required most attention was uh, uh, waste management, because this comes under our, over the mandate of the Ministry of Environment, of course, and also combating littering 
littering in both the marine and the terrestrial uh, environments. Uh, so it was necessary to do uh, to do something uh, comprehensive about this this issue. Uh, we started doing a framework uh, law for waste management uh, after uh, realizing that waste in general is addressed in a scattered fashion, and there are about 13 uh, different entities involved in managing waste in, in, in the country. Uh, so that was done after a long battle with parliament and the, the, the fight was won at the end. So in parallel to this, um, uh, a comprehensive awareness campaign um, uh, through, the, through, through the use of available um, media was, uh, was carried out targeting the public at large um, with special focus on schools and, and universities. We did this for about um, 18 months, uh, yet it's a challenge uh, to resume the campaign in the, in the very near future. And during the, uh, the last cabinet uh, uh, post as Minister of Environment, uh, that was 2016, 2018, um, when the government was implementing an updated version of the environment law and the new a new uh, biodegradable uh, plastics bylaw, I had to take um, legal actions um, to shut down several um, plastic product manufacturers for wow. non-compliance for non-compliance reasons. It was a hard one, very hard one, yeah. because there was many of them. And considering the fact that we are, as you know, uh, a developing country with economic hardship. Uh, so in, in comparison, this, this may uh, not have been hard of a decision um, in, a, in a developed country itself. But, uh, but that was the, one of the toughest uh, decisions I had to make. Uh, but uh, it was for the sake of the environment, for the sake of the country. And basically, uh, you know, one has to implement the law in order to really uh, to have uh, you know, the other entities uh, comply, basically. Uh, so that that was, in short, that was one of the uh, toughest yeah, decisions. Yeah. That I to make. <laughs> well, you didn't make many friends with that decision. I mean, you did among, among the NGOs, but among some of the companies, you were not the most favorite politician. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, the, the, the environmental NGOs were very happy about this, of course. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the biggest supporters, for sure. They're the biggest supporters to the environment, to, to the Ministry of Environment. Yeah. So I love that's what happened. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's, it is a really a tough decision. And what prompted you to make the powerful speech, One Dead Sea is Enough? Oh. And my favorite topic, yeah. Well, um, you know, Verdana, pollution by plastics in all um, environmental compartments, terrestrial, aquatic, and marine, uh, is, as we all know it, a disastrous, um, a disastrous issue. I spent considerable amount of time uh, brainstorming uh, the severity of this impact um, on the marine environment with my staff 
and thought that we really, really need uh, to put out a strong message to the world as a permanent reminder of this horrible, horrible problem. So I basically took advantage um, of a major international event that was happening at a Dead Sea um, resort. And I invited the media to witness what I was about to do here. And um, we made this big um, size floater from plastic bottles. It was quite big. And we threw it in, in the water, in the water. And I stood there and I gave my message right there on the spot. One that sees enough. And that was enough for sure. But it was, uh, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, uh, more of a spontaneous uh, decision, a spontaneous um, initiative, actually, that just, you know, uh, came up while, while brainstorming uh, the issue of plastics in the, in the, in the marine environment. And uh, it, it worked. Uh, it was, it was, I was very happy about it. And um, it worked. But, but, you know, this is a never-ending story. I mean, we, we really need to keep going with this. We really need to keep reminding uh, everyone around the world about this uh, plastic issues, plastic problems uh, in the marine, in, in all the environmental compartments, of course. So, um, yeah, that's yeah. how that's how it happened, really. Yeah, yeah definitely. We all have to we have to go to the source, just like with rivers. We have to go to the source of the plastic as well, because now it's not only a river of plastics; it's a literally an ocean because it's literally everywhere. Yes. Um, but uh, you mentioned something interesting earlier about the water scarcity, and Jordan, of course, is among countries that is on the water scarcity list. And how did uh, your decisions, for example, affect the Jordan River uh, Valley, which is one of the extraordinary beautiful, uh, beautiful spots in Jordan? Is there um, any improvement or regarding the, the water, the water supply to the farmers, because this is a livelihood for parts of Jordan? Yes, well, unfortunately, you know, I mean, the, the River Jordan, uh, which we share with the uh, west side of uh, our neighbors, uh, Israel, um, uh, it, it, its water has been diverted over the years um, by Israel uh, for their uh, agricultural interests, or agricultural interests. And it's unfortunate to see it now as a, a very um, small stream of water running along the uh, uh, the bed of the river, the stretch of the river, uh, and um, it's not uh, as it used to be. I mean, ages ago, ages ago, and I'm talking about uh, I don't know, tens and tens of, of years ago or more. Um, of course, this is a very special site, as you know. I mean, the River yes. Jordan. This is where. Jesus Christ was baptized, and the baptism site is there. Um, it's it's a big issue. It's a big uh, it's a big deal, really. Um, but uh, its waters, well, you know, with regard to its waters, it's very unfortunate. Now, 
as, you, as we said, the water scarcity uh, is an issue in Jordan, and we have to rely on, a lot on underground water. Uh, and wow. this, is, this is also depleting. I mean, you know, uh, it's not going to last for a very long time. Uh, nowadays, we are pumping water from the deep south of the country to feed the capital and, uh, and, and elsewhere and other parts of the country. It's a long way. And we don't have any other um, resources at the moment. I mean, for the future, we really have to do something about uh, desalination. We have to desalinate water. We yes. have to go through the project of pumping water from the, uh, the, uh, the Red Sea to the Dead Sea, actually, and then have, have desalination uh, plants along the way uh, where the uh, saline water would be, uh, would, would be um, um, pumped to, to, to the Dead Sea, and then fresh water as a result of this desalination can be um, used, uh, you know, um, elsewhere uh, in the country. So uh, it's, it's, it's a serious issue. Uh, every year, every summer, we have to worry about this. We have to worry about water uh, because there isn't enough. And of course, you know, if we want to take into account the, uh, the issue of the refugees and the influx of, of the refugees over the past years as a result of the wars, uh, you know, in the region, uh, you know, it, it, um, this, this influx really uh, created a huge impact on Jordan with regard to, uh, you know, water in general. Yeah, Jordan shouldered, Jordan shouldered the majority of Syrian refugees and uh, wow. um, yeah, it is indeed. Um, Yassin, um, you mentioned this kind of earlier, but maybe um, you have a more examples. How is it for you to walk this tightrope between economic progress and ecosystem protection? To find a balance be between supporting the economy and protecting the environment? Well, uh, you know, I must admit that I am, uh, I am biased towards the environment, <laughs> which includes ecosystem protection, of course. We know that uh, um, social, social economy develops in an in a unparalleled speed. Uh, it increases the, the consumption uh, of renewable uh, resources. <clears throat> and the pressure to protect the ecological environment. Uh, during office, um, we have developed a national uh, green growth plan that is in line with national objectives of economic, uh, social, and environmental performance. And this plan covered six, uh, six major sectors, energy, uh, water, waste, yes. culture, remember, yeah. tourism, and transportation. Yeah, I think I, you, you've been, uh, you, you, you've been uh, exposed to this uh, during your, your, your visit yeah. to uh, Jordan. Yeah. Now, this is, it is an ambitious uh, plan and um, a very interesting one as well. Of course, uh, it's, it's a big one um, because it involved all these sectors that I mentioned. And uh, all the details uh, of which are available 
um, on the website of the Ministry of Environment. Um, here I need to uh, clarify that uh, because Jordan is a developing country, um, I'd say environmental issues are still on the back burner, okay? While priorities are given to the economy, uh, yes. particularly, particularly in the aftermath of COVID-19, okay? Now, uh, we hope to, 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 um, to look forward, uh, uh, we hope, uh, you know, we hope to, to, to go forward with this and, uh, and um, uh, certainly, um, you know, take, take into account uh, uh, circular economy as well in, uh, in, in the equation. But uh, it's, not, uh, it's not easy. I would say that, okay, like I said, I'm biased to environment, but you know, what is happening at the moment is that we are uh, more focused, more attention is given to the economy, of course, as a priority. So yep. it's a tough one. It's a very tough one. You know, so. Yeah, it's tough time to, first of all, we have to put food on the table. Exactly. Inform yeah. us. Yeah. Even if it's sometimes short term, short term thinking, but we are hungry now and cannot <laughs> do it. Uh, till the into the future. Um, when you look back at your time in the government, you've seen um, now this is with, of course with the benefit of hindsight. What would you change? Um, well, um, as we all know, um, public public uh, public perception is a crucial is crucial where uh, environmental matters are concerned. Okay, whether these matters are minor or, or major ones. So changing the perception of society at large is not easy and uh, is a challenge that needs um, zooming in on through more awareness, campaigns, training and education at all levels, especially the younger generation. It's important uh, for the younger generation to learn uh, about the consequences of uh, climate change and the deterioration of ecosystems around the world, um, so as they would manage manage um, better than than our generation. Yeah. Um, in addition to this, I must say that we, uh, and, and I mentioned this earlier, that we should revisit our priorities and learn learn from the experiences and initiatives of others that are happening now and have, have been happening for, for some time. Again, I would uh, look closely at the, the works of the um, United Nations Environment Program. Uh, for example, like the Living in Harmony with Nature. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful initiative that was put forward. And, and there are others, of course, other initiatives. So to be um, uh, to be more specific in answering uh, your, your question, I would certainly encourage uh, more recycling and reuse of everything possible. I would really, you know, refocus on this or uh, reinitiate this, uh, you know, from the beginning. Or uh, uh, so, in other words. Um, 
make a circular economy a way forward, basically. Yeah, yeah. What I will do, you know, if I found to change. Um, um, yeah, I, com I completely agree with you. And there is also so much old wisdom in Jordan. Uh, there is so much old knowledge because nomadic people in the desert couldn't generate waste. They were on a move. They couldn't. So yeah. there is so much. There's so much knowledge in the country itself that we also can harness because um, it's a very old culture. Yes, for sure. Because we, you know, uh, we believe uh, we, we have very strong human resources. And we always uh, pride ourselves on this. Uh, we're very rich with human resources that, uh, you know, we, uh, they are all over the Arab world, of course. Jordanians are everywhere in the Arab world yes. working in the different sectors, so whether the private or uh, public sectors. And they are, uh, they are huge contributors, or they have been over the years. Uh, so, yeah. uh, yes, we are very proud of this. And uh, it's just a question of, um, you know, um, being in this part of the world and uh, being in the middle of, uh, in, in the region where there's so many um, things are happening, many problems are happening, uh, unfortunately. So uh, it, it's, it's not as easy. And uh, all this, all, all that, we are, we're very affected economically, as you know, and, um, but this is the key question here: is uh, you know the, the, the economic impact and uh, and then the, the the results of that down the road affects everything else uh, that we are doing uh, basically and affects all the decisions that uh, that we need to take um, um, with regard to the environment as a whole. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well. Um you mentioned this earlier, the economic progress, especially after COVID, uh, it, these are challenging times for everyone around the world. However, there are still governments that pass regulations to protect the deep sea, to protect the very delicate ecosystem that is deep under the water. For example, New Zealand banned drilling for fossil fuels near its shores, which of course means an economic sacrifice short term for long-term survival maybe. So when you look at that as a, yourself as a politician, when you have to make these decisions, what can we as citizens do to support our governments when they have to make these decisions? And of course, what is that we have to sacrifice or understand that we, will, we might need to sacrifice in order to have a long-term the nature, pristine nature around us, which of course impacts our health. I mean, I believe that we should do um, a lot of um, awareness, awareness campaigns, and at the same time, lobby governments as citizens uh, to have stringent standards for protection of marine life. If we want to focus mm -hmm. on marine life, you know. Um, in addition to uh, compliance. Uh, compliance to the sustainable development uh, goals, the SDGs, you know, in particular, the, the SDG 14, life below water, and uh, SDG 13 as well, to do with, yes. um, with climate change. Um, so um, usually, usually, as you know, um, offshore, uh, you mentioned uh, offshore drilling operations uh, undergo 
undergo um, strict um, impact assessments and quantified risk assessments as well, where the standards are quite high and assuring and assuring where the public is concerned. But um, I, I really b believe that, uh, yes, I mean, lobbying, uh, lobbying through uh, pressure groups is, is uh, essential, is important. And uh, yes, I, so, mm -hmm. so. join forces with the civil society like NGOs and rally around, uh, uh, around this topic so that you have a support from you feel the support from the public. It's not just your decision, your decision is carried by many, which of course makes it easier for the legislation to pass. Yes, it's a, yeah, there are lots of regulations that are reassuring, yet leaks happen, just like a few days ago, affecting a marine life and killing a lot of marine animals. So this is yeah. always the balance we have to yeah. find. We all, want, we all want to drive cars and get from A to B, yet at the same time, this might affect our environment. Exactly, yeah, it's, um, it's very true. And, yeah. uh, you know, it, it differs from one country to another, but at the end of the day, uh, we all uh, aim, aim at one thing, and that is, uh, you know, the protection of the environment, whether the terrestrial environment or the marine environment. Uh, we, have, we have this goal, and um, I think we, and it's growing, you know, I'm, I'm very happy to see that it is growing. The, the pressure is growing. The lobby, lobby groups are, are growing and um, I, I, I like it. And, you know, a few, days, a few days ago, I learned of this uh, pressure group that is made up of ladies, ladies. And I said, wow, well, this is interesting. What are they doing? And um, now they are pressure, they are, they are putting a lot of pressure on the government, on the Minister of Environment in particular, uh, regarding the issue of waste, um, you know, all kinds of waste, but mainly they're focusing on on the littering issue because we still have problems with this, unfortunately. It's improving, but it's it's it's, it's going slowly. But uh, so this group of ladies and, uh, and they're quite powerful, I tell you, very persuasive. <laughs> And what they're doing, and good for them. yeah, and they they're doing a good job. Uh, they they just did a, a few days ago. They did this this big gathering in Madaba, you know, close by. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Madaba, and um, and I was invited. They invited me, so I was lucky. <laughs> I was lucky. <laughs> They liked me from uh, from uh, the days when I was minister and from what what uh, what I did uh, back then. So um, and they, they asked me for my support and I said I support you all the way. Go for it, you know. Do what you have to do. Uh, they have a they have very, very they have a program. They have uh, you know uh, targets to to meet uh, and they're, they're aiming at uh, of course. You know, pressuring the government to do more regarding uh, regarding violators, uh, you know, who are violating the, or littering uh, everywhere here and there. So, but uh, it's succeeding. It's working. I like it. So, I mean, this is just an example I wanted to mention, yeah. especially that it's all uh, you know, a group of ladies. Uh, so it's, it's very interesting.
interesting. Yeah, well, it's 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 really laudable on so many levels. I mean, this is post-COVID world, and it was very difficult for these ladies to get through that and to summon the courage now to go out and have a plan and have a to care about littering is exceptional. So good for them. Bravo. Yeah, you have social media is helping a lot, actually, you know, because everyone has access to social media. Yes. So it's, uh, there are no restrictions there. And uh, so they're, they're doing a good job. Yeah. Very good. Awesome. Yasin, you and I can, could talk for a long time. As we know from our conversations in the past, you and I believe in the same. We believe in a clean environment and prosperity for all. We want to protect our world we live in, uh, yet at the same time keep jobs and um, people contributing and uh, empowered and growing. Um, so we could go on and on. Um, right. But my listeners, after today listening to you, I'm sure my listeners would also like to have a conversation with you or contact you. Where can they find you? Well, uh, um, well, my, my contact details are uh, available. I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I can be contacted there or uh, um, through my, my email. Uh, I can give my email address right now. It's uh, it's very easy. It's Yasin Kayat. Uh, one word, S-C-Y-A-S-E-E-N-K-H-A-Y-Y-A-T at gmail.com. And um, so uh, it's easy to find me. It's not going to be difficult. And uh, I will be happy to uh, talk to any of the listeners. I thank you again, uh, Gordana, for hosting me on the con con conversation <laughs> with, uh, with Mother Earth. And... Um, I look forward to conversing with uh, your listeners uh, um, anytime, anytime in the near future. And, and with you, of course, I mean, we're always in touch. Let's hope. Thank you so much for joining today, Yasin, and sharing your wisdom with you and your, of course, decades of work in this area. And of course, I do hope that we, my husband and I will be able to visit your beautiful, magical country soon. We love it both so much. Um, it's a truly magical place. I really recommend to your listeners to check out Jordan. Thank you, Gordana. We look forward to seeing you here in Jordan again uh, sometime Thank you. in the future. Thank you so much. This concludes today's conversation with Mother Earth brought to you by Grounded Press. Next week, we will stay in the flow, in a sense. My next interview partner grew up in Germany but he has been living in New York because serendipity got him there. Stay tuned.